0: Viewer discretion advised. Podcasts may include graphic content, violence, substance use, and foul language. I recite the stories in this show as they are written to the word, with the only exception being grammatical errors need corrected. Thank you for watching. Copyright Notice The stories I share on this podcast are told either via public domain reciting or by the use of Creative Commons share alike licensing. Unless expressly mentioned by me, the stories in this podcast do not belong to me in any way and are subject to copyright by the original owner or owners. What's going on everybody? My name is Donnie Giles, as you know, welcome to Scared Shitless. So, we're going to be doing a couple things here about the format so works got pretty hectic my podcast will now be at a bi-weekly format so new episodes will come out every two weeks instead of every one week until further notice i'm going to be trying to pump out some makeup episodes but i can't promise anything so just bear with me on that so anyways let's just get straight to the story this is sps at lake shawnee this is my own account of what happened, so let's get right into it. Let's get into my notes. We arrived around 7 p.m. We were greeted by a man named Chris. This was the tour guide who would be showing us around the park and telling us about the information I shared in Episode 3, covering Lake Shawnee. During the tour, there were two things that seemed really odd. The first had to do with Chris's behavior. There was a trail that led to the gravesite of the murdered Clay children, which I also referred to in Episode 3. Uh, he referred to this trail as the creepy trail, and he refused to set foot on it. He absolutely would not set foot on the trail. He constantly shot worried glances towards a small trail, as if some boogeyman were going to come out and kill us all, but nothing happened. There weren't any voices, noises, creatures. There was nothing. The second thing that was odd was the manner in which Cody was drawn to this one spot in the lake when we walked by. He seemed almost entranced when we were going by when I say entranced, I mean he was staring at it. Just staring. So, finally, our guide came to an end. Chris left us to our own devices. Immediately, the group starts taking photos. So everyone wanted to get shots of what they were seeing, except for myself, who was sitting there munching on a slice of pizza. I'm a fatty, gotta get my food. I was digging my teeth into a warm slice Slice when Cody and Evan began making a ruckus about the camera. I walked over to see what the fuss was about when they told me that Cody had taken a photo by the Ferris wheel, which is over on the other side of the lake, beside the swings. And he and Evan had both saw a humanoid figure peering out from the foliage. I inspected the photo, but saw nothing of the sort. Evan tried to point the figure out to me, but it was gone. I couldn't tell if the look on his face conveyed confusion, fear, or maybe a combination of the two. This was very odd of to me. It made me wonder what type of entity or entities resided in this place. I, along with the rest of the group, was eager to find answers. We recorded intros for our upcoming YouTube videos, which you'll find on Smokey's Paranormal Productions for me, uh, here pretty soon. Um, we were to record that night, and we decided to split up to investigate. Brian invited me to join him, because it was my first paranormal investigation. Cody went toward the ticket booth near the front, Evan, however, went straight for the aforementioned creepy trail. Brian and I made our way over to the swings. We wanted to find evidence of the presence of the little girl who died by the swings. So we went to the swing that the little girl died on. Brian, with the EMF detector in hand, asked her to move a string that was a few swings over. It was about three or four uh, swings over to our left. And so what it was is it was like this little balloon string and it was hanging from the chain swing. So the string actually moved back and forth. She moved the string back and forth. Then a small jack-o'-lantern bag, she twirled it in circles. Uh, So it was spinning kind of uh, get like a piece of paper here, my phone rather. So it was spinning like this, if you could see. So. For those of you listening on Spotify, it it was kind of going, not really right to left, but in circles back and forth. There was some activity on EMF. We got a few spikes. Uh, We tried to do a spirit box session there, but it was unfruitful. Absolutely nothing but static. Then we moved to a nearby gutted van. Uh, Everything was pulled out of this van. It was really old, rusty, decrepit. Uh, There was a few hornet's nests in there. Like, it was really really creepy looking. We tried using the spirit box again. Nothing. We were startled though because Evan walks up to the back of the van to came and see what we were uh came to see what we were doing. And I just happened to look over and like right there. So, of course me and Brian jump out of our skin. Scares us really bad. So we discussed our current findings we walk back to base camp. As we step back onto the pavilion's pavement, Cody comes across the radio asking where I'm at. So I informed him of our location, and he told me he was in the midst of a spirit box session. The spirit told him that there were spirits of six children around me that were going to hurt me. So this is really interesting to me because at the time, I had no clue what the kill count of the children were at Lake Shawnee, and he specifically said six, uh, which to me... At the time, it didn't bear any semblance to anything really historically. I just thought, oh, heck, you know, I'm surrounded by like six people. Like, Do they got knives? I don't know. I can't see them. So I'm like, oh, you know, what's going on? But looking back at it now, knowing what I know, there were six kids that died at Lake Shawnee Abandoned Amusement Park. He said there were six kids around me. So really, really creepy. And... He says that the spirit told him that the kids were going to hurt me. So it really caught me off guard. Before I had the chance to really process what was going on, Cody asked Evan to come listen just to get a second opinion. So Evan starts walking that way down the path. And it started exclaiming for him to run. Run, run, Evan, run. And so he made his way over there. And he began working with Cody. Cody. So, Brian and I, we went to the center of the park to this old bus. And it had been previously made into an RV. Like, they made this thing. They had couches in there. They took all the bus seats out. They had couches in there. A couple beds. There was a TV. They actually still had uh, VHS tapes in there from where they were watching whatever they were when when it was an RV back in the day. Uh, You know, so it was... A makeshift RV, but it's just really just a school bus. It was stripped and gutted, and they, they put some stuff inside of it. So that's what we were in. Uh, you know, it was beaten down and abandoned. We went in and sat across from each other. I sat on a couch beside the open door, and Brian sat on a small armchair across from me. We tried to do another session and make contact with the spirit. There wasn't a whole lot of progress. However, it did ask us to leave a couple of times. That, that was... All it wanted us to do, just said leave. Uh, So we asked one more time if we should go and it said leave, please. So we filled its request. We met up with Cody and Evan and we made our way to the haunted house that the property owners had set up there. It was a run of the mill haunted house, spooky decorations, fake blood, uh, all over the walls. It was in good fun. So we made our way to a section that had a desk sitting at it with a chair behind it, It really small room. And that's where we started our session. So we decided to use the SDS method for our session and record it. For those who don't know what the SDS method is, it's when you have a spirit box and you put a pair of headphones on it. One of the group puts the headphones in their ears, and this person turns the volume up so it's so loud that they can't hear the people around them. This person's referred to as a medium. So when I say medium from here on out, that's what I'm talking about. So the rest of the group will ask the questions. Now, Of course, the guy with the headphones can't hear what they're saying, so it can't be faked. So, the suspected entity will answer the questions through the spirit box. The medium recites what they hear to the group. We use this method as it makes it impossible to fake the session. So, Evan was the person that we selected to make our medium. The session was off to a quick start as we got into contact with a spirit who claimed to be the girl who died on the swings all those years ago. The spirit asked for Evan to go over in that direction and play with her. So we grabbed a hold of him, you know, shook him up, and was like, "Hey, she wants you to go over to the swings. Uh, she's requesting you go over there. She wants you to play with her." So you know, of course, Evan being the guy he is, he's not scared. He takes the headphones off. He's like, "All right, guys, I'll see you later." So he makes his way over there. He set off that way immediately, alone by himself. Shortly after Evan left, however, things took a turn. Expecting to continue the conversation, we put headphones on Brian. The spirit then told Brian to go to the bus. We asked who should go to the bus, said Brian. Only Brian. It was specific, it wanted him to go alone. So then we put the headphones on Cody. The spirit immediately took to threatening Evan through the spirit box. It was telling him that it was coming and it was going to cut him. It told him his God couldn't save him and that his Christianity was a false belief. Very, very aggressive. I was relaying the messages back and forth with Evan over radio. And Evan said to it, you can't hurt me. You know, I'm protected by God. About that time, Cody looks me in the eyes, hands over his ears. He says, I just heard a footstep in the grass. Before I get the the time that that it takes me to get my radio off my side and holler at Evan, Evan comes across the radio just a couple seconds after Cody. He says, he hears footsteps nearby. All over the place. Now, the voice lost interest in Evan after that. And it didn't say anything else to him, but it was starting to send cryptic messages that it wanted me to recite to Brian. And it was saying that the reason I wanted Brian to go to the bus is because the kids were underwater. The bus is right beside the lake. So it's right beside the water. And uh, apparently wanted Brian to be there with the kids. So it's a really strange request, but you know, of course, he goes over there, and you know, he's waiting in the bus. Uh, I think he ran a spirit box session, but as far as I know, nothing came back out of that. Yeah, you know, he was in the bus, and they kind of left him alone. So then, the spirit said Cody. So I asked it, "What do you want with Cody?" And it says to me, "Push him out." And so I'm like, "Push him out of where?" He's like, here, push him out. And I'm like, why do you want me to push Cody out? And it says, take him. So I'm like, what do you mean, take him? And it says, body. And so I say, like, I'm not pushing him out. You're not taking his body. That's, that's not going to happen. And so, of course, it gets mad, uh, really aggressive. It's calling me stupid. Uh, it's telling me to shut up. And I'm you know, I'm starting to get worked up. This is my first time there, so this is a really heated moment. Like, you're not taking anybody. It's it just keeps saying take, take, push him out, push him out. So like I'm freaking out. I'm like, Evan, like this thing is like really wanting to possess Cody. He's like, turn the session off, just to stop. So stop it. We get back together. And so we go back to base camp and we're talking about what went on. Evan was saying that you know, he heard a lot of weird noises, uh, that kind of thing. And he, he actually informed us that he also uh, had a session going on over there. And what we think is the same spirit, because it was a similar voice, was wanting him to go over to the creepy trail. It wanted him there. And we think it was malicious intent, but, yeah, you know, um, one can only speculate, that kind of thing. So we get back together. We're talking about what happened. We decided, you know, these entities or this solo entity wants to separate us. And it wants to take advantage of the fact that we're separated and disorient us. So we decided for the rest of the night we weren't going to break apart. We weren't going to give it that kind of power and we were exactly right to do that because the more we were together the more activity happened so we go over to i believe it was the ticket booth yes we go over to the ticket booth with the pinwheel on it and we you know we ask for some activity there Uh, Of course, nothing happens. Uh, So me and Cody were walking back. uh, And and I completely forgot about this until just now. We're walking back to meet up with Brian and Evan uh, before we talked about what happened. And I saw somebody running behind base camp. And I thought it was Brian, uh, which startled me. You know, I I was up at arms. I'm like, what's going on? And so we just dropped it. We couldn't see anything else. We had rain out of firewood. It was extremely cold late September. I believe it was the 29th of September. So it was was really cold outside. It was wet. And there was supposed to be some firewood over at the homeowner's house that owned the property. So we had to cross over into the Indian burial ground. Now, just a little piece of the lore that goes into this is there's supposed to be shadowy figure that crosses the path really fast, faster than you can see it and it happens right around the hour or two to 3 am. Now at the time when we were getting ready to cross this path, I think it was like 230, 2.30 in the morning, and uh, so it was like right in this period of time. But when we walked out of the amusement park, you know the heavy feeling, nervousness, uh, shakiness that I had there, It was gone. You know, I wasn't nervous anymore. I was at ease. Uh, Cody felt the same way. Evan and Brian were the exact opposite. I mean, they were, you know, more so Brian than Evan, I think, you know, really nervous. They they felt like they were being watched. They were looking around, you know, shining flashlights around like crazy. And, uh, you know, me and Cody, we just proceeded. We just kept walking. I was... I don't know. I, I just... I felt a compulsion to move forward, to just continually move forward. I had no interest in what was around me, what was watching me, if anyone or anything was. I just continued on. So we make it over there. Unfortunately, we were unable to find the firewood. And so that was a bummer, but we made our way back. So we're making our way back. Again, Cody and I were just moved forward. Uh, As we go to walk, and uh, for those of you who have seen photos of Lake Shawnee, or you have been there yourself, they've got a gate with a big clown mouth and and that kind of thing. If you've not, uh, pull up pictures, you'll find it. So, behind the big ticket booth in the front, we saw this big figure, I, I shit you not, it had to be probably seven feet tall, jet black, walked across the road, lumbering huge right so cody and i we're i i guess we're absolutely belligerent dumbasses because cody's like hey like did you see that i'm like no he tells me what happened we bolt over there we're like we gotta see what's going on (laughs) Instead instead of running away we're like we gotta see what's going on so we go over there we see nothing and we're talking about it right So, Brian and Evan come up, and Cody's like, did you guys see that? And Brian's like, what? And so, Cody tells him what's going on. Brian's like, holy shit. And I'm like, yo, what's up? Apparently, he was recording, like, the whole trail, and he got the footage of that thing walking across. he thought it was cody because cody's a pretty tall guy but we had cody standing next to the entrance like gateway he's not tall enough so uh insanely enough we do have that on camera and i will have that clip on my youtube for anybody that wants to see that uh, smoky paranormal productions on youtube if you're listening on spotify if you're listening on youtube just stay tuned But that was something that we found really insane. We came back. We were discussing what was going on. We felt really heavy like something was going on. So Brian has this type of technology on his phone. And you might know what it's called. I do not. Uh, it's it's this camera type of deal. And it shows like is it It's like stick figures really. It shows like skeletal structure. So, you know, if you put it on a person show stick figure to them, well, it showed a very small, petite, uh, you know, probably about three and a half, four feet tall, uh, skeletal structure sitting in the bucket seat off of the Ferris wheel that they have sitting inside the pavilion. And so me and Cody walk up to it. And, the, you know, they got us on camera. Cody puts his hand out. He's like, whoa, that's cold. And Evan and Brian are like, what? And so I'm like, what's going on? I go over there because yeah, I was halfway over. I walk back. I'm like, what's going on, guys? And the, the skeletal structure was reaching out and grabbing a hold of Cody's hand. So I'm like, I've got to see this. So I walk over to the bucket seat and I hold my hand out. And I'm like, hey, do you want to grab my hand? And my fingers man they were ice cold it was so weird and uh they actually got a picture of of me and the skeletal structure reaching out and grabbing my hand and so i'll share that on my youtube video too It was really cool so that that was what went on there uh the structure it you know it got up and left and so we're sitting there talking about what's going on just having a good time laughing a little bit uh drinking some soda pop, Uh, I was munching on some honey buns, and uh, we were talking about what we were going to do next, so we decided that we were going to go and walk around the lake, see what we could figure out, we, um, I believe we went to, I think it was the bus first, and we went in there. We were having a session, and immediately the entity from before comes back. It wants Evan to go to the creepy trail. Uh, For lack of a better word, it's talking shit. It's provoking him really bad. And it really, really, really wants him to go over that creepy trail. We're like, no, we're not splitting up. It starts shouting profanities at us. So we try to ignore it as best as we can. You know, that kind of thing. That's more or less how that box session goes, and we leave the, the bus. And we're walking around the rest of the lake, and we decided to go down the creepy trail. So we go down the creepy trail, and we stop midway. Uh, something felt really weird. You know, Brian especially was saying, you know, the, the hair on my neck is standing up, like this is a really heavy area. So we stopped there, and we're having a session and so we make evan the medium again we we force him to do that quite a bit and we're, so we're having our session and we ask is there something there and it says yes so we're like what's your name And so it says zach we got a name so we're like okay zach where are you and it just keeps saying behind you so we're like behind evan it says no So I'm like behind me, and it's like no. And so I'm like, where are you? And it says watching you. And so Cody says, are you hiding? And he says yes. And Cody says, why are you hiding? And he says him. And Cody says, are you hiding from him? And it answers yes. So Cody's like, who's him? No answer. Uh, Brian's like, is it the 2,000-year-old spirit? And it says, yes. Yes, him is the 2,000-year-old spirit. And it says, run. So I'm like, why run? And it says, him. Uh, and Cody says, well, what about him? And he says, hurt you. And it's really, really insistent that it's going to hurt us. We could not get any more information out of it. It's just, run, him, hurt you. He's going to hurt you. And um, so it said something really weird. There was something that I noticed towards the beginning of the trip. And I didn't reference it to anybody. I didn't think it was a big deal. But I thought I saw like a shooting star by the pavilion like as soon as it got dark. And it was really early. But it seemed close. Like it did not seem high off the ground. You know, you see a shooting star. It's usually like way up. Not in this case. And so it references to me. That. There was this white thing. Flying through the air. Apparently. I'm not the only one who saw this. Apparently the other saw it as well. And. Everybody's freaking out. We're, we are shitting bricks. We're like, we've been being watched all night. So, um, I don't think we got much else out of that. We decided to stop the, the session. It, it wanted us to go back. That, that, was, that was the last we got out of it. It just kept saying, you know, turn back, go back, go back where you came from. And, um. So, we we went to the headstone farther down, against its wishes. We uh, started another session. Uh, this was at the Clay, Clay Kids Memorial. And we asked, you know, is there anyone there? Yes. I said, is it Ezekiel? No. So I look down at the headstone, I'm like Is it Bartley? And it says yes. So I'm like, okay, I'm talking to Bartley Clay. It's like, alright. So Brian tries to ask questions. And this really cracked me up then, it really cracks me up now. Every time Brian would try to talk, it would start saying profanities at him. <laughs> Shut up. Stupid. Just all kinds of stuff like that. Um. So, Cody and I were trying to calm him down. We're like, "Hey, why are you, why are you so hostile towards Brian?" And it it's like, "Screw you, go to hell." <laughs> so we're like, "All right, this really isn't going well." So we ended up stopping that spirit box session. And we made it out of there. We went back to the swings. And this is where stuff starts getting weird. Really really weird. The swings are right beside the lake. And so of course we make Evan the medium again. Evan sitting down on the picnic table, I'm sitting down right beside of him. Cody and Brown are asking questions. Evans for listening, and I'm freezing my ass off. And so they get some answers. There were two entities that identified themselves as Emily and Michael. And uh, you know, Emily wanted Cody to run around the swings with her for a while, so that was fun. Uh but then she got scared and she wanted to leave. Um so, De'Anity Michael is is like, come find me. And about that time, Cody hears some rustling. He walks over towards the lake where he hears the rustling from. Want to guess where it's from? The spot he was looking at earlier. The same fucking spot. So, he goes over there. Uh, not over to the spot, but, you know, to the lake where the spot's in, in sight. And... What he said he saw uh, absolutely chilled me to the bone. If I had known what he saw, when he saw it, I would have hauled ass out of there. Uh, he saw this child. Uh, I think he said the skin was pale. Uh, if not, get in the comments, correct me on that. And it had hollowed out eye sockets. It's black. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I wanted him to come over there. And so, so what did my man do? He starts walking towards the fucking thing. He starts walking towards it. Why would you do that? I don't know. I sure as hell would not do that. But that's what he did. And he's talking to it. It wants him to come find him. That kind of thing. Then starts saying. Uh, the name of, of. One of our hometowns. And so. Cody asks him. How do you know that place? And he just says I know. And we're like did you used to live there? And he's like, no. And so we're like, why do you want to go there? He says, take me with you. And so we're trying to trick it. And Cody says, who, Brian? And he says, no. He says, who, me? He says, no. He says, who, Donnie? He says, Evan. And I'm like, how does he know where Evan lives? And, uh, so that that was creeping me out really bad. And uh, it, it was saying that it was cold and that its arm was stuck in the drain. You know, th- that it was the kid that had its arm stuck in the drain and died. Uh, which whew, still creeps me out. And it did not want us to leave. We were trying to stop the session. It's like, no, please don't go. Take me with you. So, the way that they got away is, you know, they told it, like, hey, we'll come back later. Cody specifically said, I'll be back later. I'll talk to you again. I'll come back. And it said, okay. So, we went over back to base camp. At this point, I've been up for 24 hours. It was getting, like, early in the morning. I conked out. And that was kind of how the end of the story goes. Now... For the most part, it was exactly what Lake Shawnee's described to me to be. It is a very haunted location. And, you know, for the most part, the entities there are are very nice are very kind. And that's what the guide says. It's what a lot of people that have been there have said. It's only good energy. What I wonder is... Where did the bad energy come from? So... I don't know exactly what happened or what could have happened. My theory is, you know, maybe somebody brought a little bit of something that they shouldn't have there, whether that be some kind of screwed up ritual or, uh, using, you know, the good old Ouija to bring something that probably should not have been there, there. And the children there, they're afraid of it. So, you know it's a really scary prospect and it's something that we want to investigate further on and we will be going back to lake shawnee sometime hopefully in the next year or so and seeing what we can figure out because there is a lot to uncover there a lot to unpack and it is by far one of west virginia's most haunted places uh according to the whole group i know this is my first paranormal investigation but they've been to a couple other places that I mean, we're absolute hot spots, and still yet, they said this, this has got to be the worst, the most activity. So, I also want to encourage anybody that is in the area, if you're around Princeton, West Virginia, if you live in West Virginia, if you live in the surrounding states, and you like the paranormal, please go to Lake Shawnee Amusement Park. Um, the price is not... It's not terrible for a person. They need that money to put toward the park. And they they need it badly. And in order to be able to preserve that place and and keep it the way that it is, which I think that they should do, they got to have a little bit of help. So tourism really helps. Exposure really helps. And that's what I'm going to try to do with this platform. I don't have a large platform, but I want to encourage everybody, check it out, get in contact with the owners and, and the people that manage it go give them a visit, see what you think of the place, I loved it, it scared the crap out of me, but I loved it, and I think you guys will too, it was an awesome experience, and I can't wait to go again, uh, really great place, uh, so that concludes uh, the story there, so if, if you're still listening, we'll get into a couple things, so Spotify. If you're listening on YouTube and you're not listening on Spotify, please listen on Spotify because I have to have 50 listeners to unlock my ads. Ads is what's going to make me more and more dedicated to this. And, you know, I know that sounds bad, but it it has to be something to help me out. I'm trying to turn this into a part time job and maybe later on another full time job. I would really love to do that. I incredibly enjoy doing this right now i have to keep it as a hobby thing on the side because unfortunately it's not something that i've been able to make a, a business or a living out of but hopefully that's something that changes sometime in the near future now with that said exposure really helps me just as much as it helps the guys over at lake shawnee share my podcast that's how you're gonna help me i get the best help when you share it and youtube too I need a thousand subscribers I think I have to have 2,000 public watch hours or maybe I don't know I'll have to get back to you guys on that but I I need those things in order to get monetized and in order to make money off of this and listen I want to get better deals with up-and-coming authors people that want to tell their stories and Get more content out there for you guys especially unheard stories. I want to be an original platform. Don't get me wrong I want to share the popular stories of You know all, all the cool Old scary creepy pastas, those kinds of things that we've all heard. We've all grown up on but What I want to do the most is I want to grow my platform. I want to help authors and, and other writers grow their platform as a narrator they keep me going and as, as an author myself, I understand, you know, how much of a struggle it can be because once you put something out there for people to read, a lot of times people steal it. They don't give you credit. Uh, there's a lot of copywriting issues that comes with being an uh, author. And there's a lot of opportunistic narrators that make a whole lot of money off of people's work and they don't get a single bit of credit for it. So, I want to be you know, a prevailing force that does not do the things that they aren't supposed to. And I want to help other people like myself try to establish themselves and make a career out of something that they enjoy doing. So that's all for that. Um, I do want to share this right here. Uh, it's just a piece of artwork. I promised you in the comments. Uh, did get some fan art from Alyssa White. Uh, one of my YouTube subscribers. I really appreciate it. I like the artwork. And uh, if you want to send me any fan art or anything like that uh, physically, email me at, at the podcast at gmail.com. Uh, of course, instead of you know, an I, to period. If you're watching YouTube, it's right on the screen. Just send it to that, and I will get it. And... If it's, you know, something physical, let me know. I'll send you my address. I don't really want to dox my address here, but, you know, I'll send you my mailing address. You can send it to me. And, you know, maybe it'll get shown on the show. So I really, really appreciate the support, Alyssa. Thanks for sending the fan art in. And, you know, that's awesome. So that's really all I got for you guys. Big, big stuff coming. Um, Working with... Somebody who did send me a fan story in, we're working on it, working up the details and stuff. So it's hopefully going to be a really good, really interesting one. And again, I need more fan stories. I've only got one. So I've not yet made it a dedicated section of the podcast. I will be doing that hopefully sometime soon. Again, remember, we will be posting episodes bi-weekly. I'm going to be trying to make up episodes. So if you see episodes posting consecutively, that's why. There's no daily thing going on or anything like that. So do know that. Um, So I think that's it. I am very, very thankful to everybody that has tuned in and watched and or listened. And I really, really appreciate you guys. This is a really fun thing to do. And I'm glad to be able to bring you guys these stories. If anybody would like to cover this story or any of their media Or would like to use any of the clips that I post on YouTube, please let me know. Make sure to tag me in the uh, comments of your videos. Those kinds of things, you can use it. Uh, Do not rebroadcast this podcast without my express permission. But you know the videos, uh, you know small snippets. Don't take my entire video. As long as it falls within fair use, then go ahead. That's fine. Um, But that's that's about it. Send me your fan stories, scared shitless podcast at gmail.com. Um big thanks to everybody that again has has been tuning in. This has been really fun. And I'll see you guys again in the next episode. And I guess there's nothing else to say. Have yourselves a great, spooky day, and be scared shitless.